what kind of lucid dreamer are you? What is your lucid dreaming type? Now, it's probably a question you've never asked yourself. And frankly, how would you answer it? Because this is a topic that never comes up in the lucid dreaming community. But by the end of the podcast today, you're going to see that if you know your lucid dreaming type, you're going to be able to transform your relationship with this subject, increase your chances, and decrease your frustrations. But what are the two types of lucid dreamer? Well, firstly, let me give you a little bit of background, because this is an entirely new concept for most of you. I have been teaching and researching lucid dreaming for many decades, and over those years I've met thousands of lucid dreamers, taught thousands of lucid dreamers, and received emails and communications from many, many, many more. And what I've noticed is that lucid dreamers fall into two distinct categories. Now, which of these are you? The first kind is what I call the sloth. It is those of you who, it doesn't matter how hard you try when you're performing your techniques, you fall asleep far too quickly. Your, your head hits the pillow, you start trying to do mild or some other technique, and you're gone, you're out like a light. And the second type of lucid dreamer is what I call the hummingbird. And these are people who are hyper-focused, hyper energized, and when they try to perform lucid dreaming techniques, they suffer from insomnia. They're laying in bed, their little wings buzzing away, and just they can't get to sleep. You'll be trying, again, let's imagine mild, for an hour and nothing happens. You just ruin the night and you don't get a restful night's sleep. So whether you're a sloth or a hummingbird, you're going to find lucid dreaming frustrating because insomnia is horrendous and falling asleep too fast is frustrating. Both lead to limited results. But how do you overcome these problems? Well, it's not a matter of overcoming the problem. You need to work with what you have. Now, the interesting thing here is, is that because most lucid dreaming techniques are community-based uh, or have grown organically in the lucid dreaming community, the origins of these techniques are generally created by either sloths or hummingbirds. Now, a technique created by a hummingbird is going to be good for hummingbirds, and a technique created by a sloth is going to be good for sloths. But a sloth technique used by a hummingbird is going to create insomnia. So if you're suffering from insomnia as a hummingbird, then you're probably using sloth techniques. So before we go any further, let me just clarify that today we're talking about inducing lucid dreams from wakefulness. So these are what Dr. Stephen LeBerge called wild or wake-initiated lucid dreams, and what I call maintained awareness dreams. Now these are lucid dreams that you start off consciously, you're in bed, you've either woken up in the night or you've interrupted your sleep, or you're trying a morning nap, and you're trying to fall asleep, maintaining your awareness into the dream. So that is what today's podcast is about and how whether you're a sloth or a hummingbird affects that. So an interesting thing is, when you start to look at the lucid dreaming community as two distinct groups, 
suddenly a lot of things start to make sense that didn't before. For example, there are techniques out there which some people swear by and other people can't stand. Why would that be the case? Why would some techniques work for some people but not for others? Well, it's because for some people they're sloths and it's a sloth technique, and the other people they're hummingbirds, and the techniques are all the wrong things for them. So let's look at a practical example. Now I'm going to take two techniques that share the same basic principle here. Now we're going to talk about SILD, S-S-I-L-D, Senses Induced Lucid Dreams, terrible name trying to borrow LeBerge's ILD, and FILED, Finger Induced Lucid Dreams. Again, another cheap attempt to borrow the ILD terminology of LeBerge, but these are both very popular techniques in the lucid dreaming community. But they are both techniques that will work well for people who are sloths, but they will be an absolute nightmare for people who are hummingbirds, because hummingbirds using these techniques are going to experience insomnia and frustration and ruin their nights. Why is that? Let's, let's unpick this a little bit more. So, SILED is essentially a technique where you run through your senses as you attempt to maintain awareness into a dream. Um, sometimes it's used to induce regained awareness dreams, but that's not important today. So, SILED, you're lying in bed, you've woken up in the middle of the night, or you're trying a morning nap, and you're working through your senses. So, you have a focus on your body, you can focus on your hearing, etc, etc. I don't need to explain SILD in today's podcast. But it's focusing on the external world, and your body is part of the external world when it comes to lucid dreaming. And FILED is exactly the same. FILED is a technique where you're focusing on almost imperceptible movements in your fingers. Again, you're focusing on the external world, you're focusing on your physical body in bed. Now, these techniques are great for sloths because sloths are falling asleep far too quickly. They are losing a grip on the waking world too fast. Now, by focusing on waking world sensations, they are using that as an anchor for consciousness, and it stops them drifting off too fast. But because hummingbirds don't have that problem, hummingbirds struggle falling asleep. If they focus on waking world sensations or waking world stimulus, they are going to keep themselves awake. They're going to be wide awake because they're overdoing something they already have in excess, which is awareness and mental energy. So, sloth techniques are generally techniques that re require you to keep yourself awake, keep yourself attached to the waking world more than you would do normally when falling asleep. Now, hummingbirds require the, the opposite. They do not want to be focused on the external world or any have any reminders of their sleeping body or the world around them. That is only going to lead to insomnia. Hummingbirds need to create a space in their mind where they detach from the physical world and enter the imaginary uh, dream space 
because the as you can probably work out here, it's it's a balancing act, as with everything in lucid dreaming. And you have to establish where you fit on the scale. Are you someone with excess wakefulness or excess sleepiness? If you have excess sleepiness, then you need something to keep you awake. And if you have excess wakefulness, you need something to distract yourself from being awake. So a hummingbird technique would be something like uh, a visualization technique, such as my dreamwalker technique, where you stop any interaction with the waking world. You're not thinking about your body. You're not thinking about an external sound. You're not doing anything that reminds you of the waking world. You're going into the imaginary realms and detaching yourself as much as possible from anything that reminds you of wakefulness. So hopefully you're having one of those aha eureka moments right now. And you're looking back at your lucid dreaming practices and thinking, that's why that wasn't working. That's why I was giving myself insomnia. Or that's why that technique just didn't work for me. Because you were using a technique designed for the opposite kind of lucid dreamer to yourself. Now, now that you know the basic principles, sloth techniques require you to maintain a grip on reality and wakefulness because sloths struggle with falling asleep too fast, and hummingbird techniques focus on the imagined worlds because they struggle with staying awake too much, now you can look at all the techniques you know for lucid dreaming and apply them to whichever problem you have. So if you're a hummingbird, don't use sloth techniques. And if you're a sloth, don't use hummingbird techniques. But there is a caveat to all of this, and it's really quite important. You are not going to be the same type of lucid dreamer your entire life. And sometimes this can fluctuate throughout the year or the month or the week, depending on how your life is going. So let's say you're usually a hummingbird and you struggle falling asleep. Now you might start a new job and you might be really overworked and suddenly, temporarily, you become a sloth. Now that's very common. So be prepared to always ask yourself the question, what type of lucid dreamer am I at the moment? Because it will change. Now it's also very important to remember that sloths and hummingbirds don't have an equal distribution over age ranges. Now teenagers in general in general, are sloths. They find it much easier to fall asleep, which is why when you go onto lucid dreaming forums and discords and reddits, then you tend to get a lot of sloth techniques, such as filed. Filed is very popular among young people because young people fall asleep really quickly, and therefore they, they find a sloth technique pretty handy. Now, older people tend to suffer from insomnia, especially older women. It seems to be very common amongst middle-aged women that insomnia is the problem. So if you're a, a middle-aged woman that, or someone over 40, you're likely to be a hummingbird. Now, this isn't always true. It's not true for me personally. Uh, when I was younger, I was far more of a hummingbird. And as I've got older, I've become more of a sloth. What you need to remember here is that lucid dreaming in all fronts, is a constantly evolving process. You're always having to stay 
up to date with yourself. You change as a person throughout your life. You change as a person throughout the year. The way you respond to sleep, the way you respond to the world and stimuli will continually change. So you don't want to get stuck in a rut or stuck in a set of assumptions about your lucid dreaming practices because they will change over time. And if you don't update your practices to fit your current self, then you're going to end up with a whole new set of frustrations. And another thing to bear in mind is that we are biological creatures, and our psychology is based upon our biology. So what that means in practical terms is that the, we are not separate from the world around us. So things like seasonal changes will potentially change the type of lucid dreamer you are. So let me give you a very basic example. For me, in the summer, I am more likely to be a hummingbird. Insomnia is more of a problem in the summer. The nights are shorter. There's a lot more light. I'm more energized. And then in the winter, this time of year, I become extra sloth. You know, I've become more of a sloth as I've got older, but in the winter, I'm super sloth. And right now, I can fall asleep at the drop of a hat. It takes very little effort because... It's getting dark very early, my energy levels are lower, I'm older, etc, etc. Sloth again. <laughs> so bear this in mind for yourself. You may, and this may be the reverse for you, but it's very important to remember seasonal changes, hormonal changes, any biological differences that might influence what type of lucid dreamer you are right now. Equally, diet, medications, exercise regimes, all of these things are going to influence what kind of lucid dreamer you are. Now, bear in mind that this is something of an oversimplification of the entire process, but hopefully this simplification gives you a new way to look at your journey as a lucid dreamer, your understanding of yourself. Of course, there is more than just two types of lucid dreamer. It's not just sloth and hummingbird. There is a whole menagerie of different creatures that you could potentially be. Uh, every lucid dreamer is a unique individual with their own struggles and issues. So don't take this as gospel. Take it as a useful way of looking at how the lucid dreaming community has divided itself in two without realizing it, and many of the frustrations are caused due to this essentially massive oversimplification or massive assumption that all of our brains work in the same way. And I'm hoping that today's podcast is making you realize that there's a lot more subtlety to each individual psychology than you might have realized initially. The real magic of lucid dreaming happens in the subtleties. It is in those subtleties that you will make the most progress. When you stop looking at human psychology as a simplistic system and realize the vast amounts of variables and complexities involved in this, then you can see your own struggles with lucid dreaming in a much clearer light, in a much more lucid light. So let's say, for example, you've been using SILED and sometimes it works really well for you and other times not at all. Well, maybe one answer to that is that it works for you when you're in sloth mode, but it fails you 
when you're in hummingbird mode. Of course, there's a lot more to it than that, but what I really want you to start doing is start thinking about the many, many variables that influence the techniques you choose, the times you try your lucid dreaming attempts, and just how you think about this entire subject. If you become more critical in how you observe and experiment with this subject, if you become more interested in the subtleties, you will stop your frustrations in their tracks, because you'll start to realize that it's not necessarily that you're doing something wrong, just that you've made the wrong assumptions, that you haven't ticked all the boxes. Lucid dreaming at heart is developing a subtle relationship with yourself. It is understanding that you are really something quite amazing. Your psychology is deep and complex and filled with variables. And those variables change throughout your life. They're constantly morphing. This is a subject where you can't just relax and assume that a simple answer will solve a complex problem. Lucid dreaming is a complex problem because you are a complex creature. So start looking at lucid dreaming in this way. Open your mind to the fact that you are an incredibly wonderful, complex biological machine with a psychology which is a tapestry as vast and as beautiful as the night sky. You really are amazing. So when you're studying lucid dreaming, remember that. Remember it's, there are no simple answers to complex problems. And also, as the Boy Scouts say, be prepared. Because whatever is working for you today may not work for you tomorrow or in a year's time or when you're 10 years older. Lucid dreaming is about being adaptable. It's about being flexible. It's about always being ready to change to fit the circumstances. Now, I've given you a simple concept here, sloths and hummingbirds, in order to inspire you to think more deeply about how psychology works. So I hope this has given you food for thought, and I'll see you in the next podcast.